Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Wednesday, Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is the company. Ari back in our Finley Toyota studios. Very, very busy day today. Lots going on. Multiple football practices, maybe new players on the scene to talk about. Or will they be on the scene? We can tie together UNLV and the Raiders in just a couple minutes. Lots more basketball. USA men's going tonight. USA women's uh, crammed it down my throat last night, so we'll Mention that as well. Let's do it. It's trending at three. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. All right, we come out of the gates. I'll be selfish. We'll talk about where I was at today, and then we'll get to where Adam was at in just a couple of minutes. Uh, today was the first football practice for UNLV. They've got a game on September 2nd, so time to make some quick work and uh, a lot to get done. A lot of newcomers. A lot of newcomers out there no tate martell at least on the field while we were around so the way it works with uh unlv football and media access adam is uh you can watch practice from uh it starts at about 8 7 45 might have started even earlier but whatever the the a lot of time is 8 to 10 and from 8 to like 8 40 we were allowed to watch and i was looking around i'm like okay where's tate martell he's number 16 you know Trying to look around, get get a picture of him somewhere. Um, so he wasn't out there. And we come back for actual media access for interviews about 90 minutes later. And I was told, well, he did come out after you guys were gone. Um, I was told by one person, no drills. I don't know what he did, if he did anything. When we talked to Marcus Arroyo, uh, he said... He's not cleared yet. So how could be? How could he be on the field at all? Uh, I think he could walk around. Okay. I don't think he could participate. So that's what you know. That's, but that's, just that's the whole just want to make sure that nobody in the media actually sees him out there. I, I have no idea, man. I don't know. He might have been doing something in the morning, and so weird. I, I would guess that was probably it. You know, not to get things too hyped up. And I, I do think they have to. They, I, I think they need to kind of dampen expectations. And what you'd like to do is have him kind of blend in. We know who the guy is. If you haven't heard of Tate Martell, 2017 is the top quarterback, top 10 quarterback recruit in the country. He was number two dual quarterback threat. He bounced all over the place. He had committed to a bunch of places, lands at Ohio State, right? Amazing program. Uh, doesn't get the job there. Goes down to Miami, doesn't get the job there. Is out of football. And then we hear, you know, just a week ago that, hey, he's, he's in Vegas. He's been working out in Vegas. He went to Bishop Gorman. Not necessarily a local, but played his local high school here. And UNLV is going to, you know, let him join the program. Martell is fired up. He likes the way Arroyo is building. They had good conversations. So he's going to be out there eventually. I don't know what the clearance process is. When Marcus Arroyo was asked about the timetable on the clearance, he said, I don't know. So that's what we know about him right now. Uh, when asked about Tate Martell and why he was added to the program, I thought Arroyo's answer was pretty good. We had a conversation uh, over summer a few times, and 
over the uh, time we got a chance to get to know each other about our backgrounds and what we were both looking for, what our culture stands for, kind of get a feel for where he's at, what he's looking for, if there was a fit, and uh, any opportunity we've got to uh, for anybody to make our team better or to enhance our roster or to provide an opportunity for a, for a young man to at this stage in college football to have a chance that uh, I'm willing and open to that opportunity. And uh, regardless where they are, where they're from, what their background is, that's kind of the platform that us as coaches at this level got to have to do. Absolutely right? true. Mutual mutual, uh, mutual benefit here. Sure. You know, maybe Tate Martell gets to where he wants to get to and lives up to his potential. And if he does so, well, UNLV right now, you know, doesn't have that franchise quarterback designated. They have a, a competition between young dudes. So if Martell can come in and gain the trust of the coaches, his teammates, get down a good portion of the system, <laughs> he's got less than 30 days right. to do so. Uh, my expectation is that he's in the mix. I don't know that you're going to see him early in the season because there's a lot, a lot to get together here in a short amount of time. But it certainly it helps the quarterback room. If he can keep it together. And that's the question. I mean, I, you know, people were asking me on Twitter, like, hey, is he going to win the job? What do you think? I'm like, I, I don't even know. I haven't seen him yet. I don't know, what, you know, how he's going to look. Uh, he may be, he may struggle for a while. Uh, they may feel like, you know, Broomfield has a dominant grasp on the starting job. Maybe, maybe Justin Rogers does, and I'm missing it. I think Broomfield's the guy who has the edge, but there's so much at work here. It's hard to make a prediction, but I think it's a positive to have a guy in the program. You, you mentioned mutually beneficial. Um, I think that's true, but I think a, a, a bigger key is low risk, high reward. I mean, you you bring in a kid who obviously has a ton of talent. It hasn't worked out necessarily anywhere. Maybe that is a message to him that he has to do things differently, and uh, maybe he'll know that this is his last opportunity and everything works out for him. And if it doesn't, guess what? You didn't have him before, so it doesn't matter. Right. And I'll also say, I mean, you kind of reference there. People are asking you. I I care about UNLV, UNLV football. I follow it. I've paid attention to it for a long time. I'm interested in it. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody's asked me a question about UNLV football in like six years. Yeah. Uh, this week, phone doesn't stop ringing. Yeah. So, like, there's there's interest. Now, at, at some point, he's going to have to talk, and you're going to have to hear what he has to say and things like that. Oh, I, but I, I think he'll be good at that. Sure. I sure. Think. I don't think he's going to have any problem representing himself and, and coming across as a guy who's enthusiastic about football and confident. Sure. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say and everything else. Like at some point that happens and it's good for the program. Like interest is good for the I, program. The interest is good. And I also think for the quarterback room, uh, if there was any, you know, lack of spirit and competition, I think there was already. Uh, I like what I saw from Broomfield and Rogers, just in some conversations in the spring, like they had more of a presence with them. Now keep in mind, if we didn't get to talk to them, a whole lot last year because of the COVID season, but they both of them like carried themselves like a leader of a program, a starting quarterback. And I think watch even just watching Martell by example is going to help them. Yeah. And I know there's, 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 this is, it's going to be fascinating for the next couple of weeks to see what unfurls. And, and while we've, while we've talked about Tate Martell and some of the struggles, and, and I know that there's people like to laugh at like his journey, whatever you also, also look at, Look at who's beating him out for jobs. Like, he's not getting beat out for jobs by, like, scrubs somewhere. He's getting beat out by NFL players. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it, there's no shame in that. And at some point, if his talent does all come together, it's great. Also, you mentioned I, I couldn't be higher on Justin Rogers. I think the guy's an unbelievable talent. 
And, you know, Broomfield is a guy who has seems to have stepped up a little bit in the, in the, in the competition, but Justin Rogers has done it at a very, very high level too. It's, it's pretty amazing. The talent that they have in that room, uh, quarterbacks, you gotta have a lot of confidence and a lot of bravado. And I'll tell you watching USA women's hoops last night against the Australians. I just think they stuffed out mentally early. Uh, the Aussies looked small, uh, as you're watching the game and, uh, USA led by 21 at the half, they had a late run to push it out. They close it out with a 24 point win. It seemed like every trip up the floor for the Australian women's team, getting a shot off was difficult. And the USA would come back and it would be, you know, layup, you know, great ball movement, great cuts, um, three balls. Like everything just came that much easier for them. Yeah. Australia was freaking overwhelmed. So my bet yesterday went up in smoke as I took the Aussies plus 15 and uh, USA got it done. Uh, I believe I had plus 25 and a half. So I'll, I'll take it. That was that was at halftime. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, it was nice. Uh, but because I thought U.S. would just kind of let up. But what I wasn't think I wouldn't have made the bet in retrospect. I absolutely would not have. It's logical, but you're not thinking about it. They're like, oh, now we're going to go empty the bench with all in WNBA All Stars. It was ridiculous. And it's, it's like, oh, we're going to empty the bench now and bring in Skylar Diggins Smith, who hasn't played. Like, okay, this this is going to be rough. Uh, but, you know, Australia did make a run late in the game against them uh, here in the U.S. Like, Australia has talent. But, as you said, like, it's just, it's almost not fair. You've got, like, Asia Wilson blocking shots in the middle, in the beginning of the game. And then the U.S. is like, yeah, we're, now we're going to have Brittany Griner start blocking your shots. Uh, it's it's just not fair. Loaded team. Like the Knicks. <laughs> okay. Like the Knicks. Go I New York. Go don't think New that's York. the right no. comparison. Wow. Um, I don't. You know, I, I think these guys are decent basketball players, the two stars they've added, but not exactly what I think Knicks fans were super hyped about. You know, that said, though, I've, saw, I've seen a lot of people, New York fans, like Kemba Walker. He's a home area guy, so they had Kemba Walker today. Uh, Evan Fournier was another big signing. They brought back, retained some of the dudes that they had on the roster in the past. They're, they're not exactly the monsters. No. Uh, and... <laughs> Who was I arguing about? Oh, I was arguing about the Bulls getting much better. I'm still more excited about the Bulls than I am about the Knicks with Kemba Walker. You can. Be, I'm not excited about it either. You can. I, I'm. I know why you're more excited about the Bulls. It's fine. They're a more fun team. The Bulls are fun. I just don't think, don't think they'll be particularly good. I think there's also a regression with Tibbs as time goes along. The Knicks were doing on smoke and mirrors, and it's almost like they're making changes. But it's almost like, hey, we were really good last year. Let's run this back with a couple. Like, eh, take it easy. So there you go. The big return. The big return. Uh, back to football. Raiders camp. Wait, is there something wrong with Darren Waller? What's going on here? Because uh, he's mispracticed two days in a row. Have we gotten any details? I know Brian Edwards was talking about his opportunities, and I'm not sure if he let something slip here. Coach Gruden said the other day that with Waller not practicing, and now he's not practicing again today, that they, they switched up the script, and he he said he was you know encouraged by what he saw. What what was that? What has it been like for you the last couple of days um, with Waller not in the offense? Um, you know, he told me I was going to get more opportunities with Waller. You know, down for a little bit, and um, I'm trying to make the most of those opportunities. What? I understand what Edward said. Sure. Is Darren Waller down for a bit? Well, he missed two straight practices. There's there's something. Um, okay, but you know we start thinking immediately. I will say I wouldn't worry about it. Um, 
Sources sources say, don't worry about it. Well, as I was sitting over to the side at practice today, I turned around and Darren Waller's just lifting weights. So he, okay. I mean, it's not like he's hurt. So maybe I, he's just taking breaks. He could, I guess, taking a break. I guess he could have a hurt leg and he's doing arm. I guess. I, and you would think if he's lifting weights, yeah, I think he's near everyone that he doesn't have COVID. Oh, he, no, it's not a COVID thing. Okay. He'd be on the list. So it, it's yeah. To me, it's there's something very minor, and they're just like, eh, it's early in camp. You're fine. Mm-hmm. We don't need the reps for you, Darren. Uh, go ahead and do what you're going to do. But I don't. I, I also don't think if there was, even if it was like a serious leg injury, I don't think he'd be lifting weights with his arms. Like I don't think they'd be having him do anything. They would just be like rest. I think he's fine. Did I miss something yesterday with Gruden and Brian Edwards? What a comparison! Yeah. No, it's an, it was on NFL Network last week. Oh, so it was on NFL Network last week. And what, did it, it just come out? Because I, I saw – he compared him to who? Terrell Owens? Yeah, well, it, it's only coming out now uh, because those things happen all the time, right? Coaches compare players to other players. Right. It, it just happens. Right. The issue, I think the reason it's coming out now is because we now have three different comparisons for Brian Edwards to three different, like, Hall of Fame players. Oh, because I saw, I saw a bunch of mocking – not on Edwards, but like, wow. And I've said this too. There's some of the training camp stuff that comes out, sure. people just get crazy. They're so football hungry. So the comparisons, they're who? So, T.O.? So Gruden said he's like T.O. Yeah. Um, there was a Randy Moss. Right. Like he's playing like Randy Moss right now, going up over everybody making catches. And then today, uh, Derek Hart just comes in the room and he's like, he's Devontae Adams. Like, okay. Like, he can't be every superstar receiver of all time. <laughs> he's very good. He's having a unbelievable camp but come on yeah you know it's funny you uh you ripped my head off multiple times yesterday because i got on you saying you're out of touch with the average fan i as an average fan i'll just say if i want to play the average fan now that i'm hearing all these comparisons on edwards i'm like yeah i forgot about edwards and the impact he could have now i'm getting kind of he's gonna be good now i'm getting kind of juiced up no see how it works he was your logic based stuff not there's no room for that in fandom. Uh, he had an unbelievable camp last season too, and then he got hurt. Right. Um, he is a really, really talented player. He could be really good. Well, tell a story. I mean, he he is a guy that by the measurables could have been a second or first round pick, yeah. but he just got screwed in the draft process. Well, he was hurt throughout the draft process, couldn't yeah. do anything, and there was concern about his injury long term, and probably in retrospect, rightfully so. I mean, he got hurt right away. Got hurt twice. Last year, and then today he made reference to other things that were going on. I'm not sure what that was. Uh, but he was definitely impacted in his rookie year. He's got all the potential. Like, you know, people are excited about Henry Ruggs, of course. But Edwards could have been right there with Ruggs in the conversation had he been healthy. He's, he's got all the intangibles. A lot more on the Raiders camp today. Uh, conversation about Carl Nassib. That was very interesting and uh, how it's going around the guys and in the locker room. But up next we have – Boy, these rumors are just – they're coming left and right about conference realignment. We got some doozies coming down the pike today. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas.
Busy day, busy day. Uh, we got Raiders news in. Looks like, and this happens, you know, throughout the offseason and into the uh, beginning of training camp. Looks like they're going to kick the tires on a guy who was great, who was great, but, you know, as he got older, has had some injury issues. What's going on with uh, maybe another person under consideration for the defensive line? Yeah, they brought in Gerald McCoy today uh, for um, just uh, to talk to him. Uh, tryout, they call it, but um, nothing's done yet, not signed. Uh, kicking the tires, I guess you would say, on Gerald McCoy, who, as you said, for a decade was probably the best defensive tackle in the league, if not one of the top, uh, definitely one of the top five. Uh, six-time Pro Bowler, uh, three-time All-Pro, uh, has had an incredible career, uh, obviously mostly with Tampa Bay, then went and played for Carolina for a year, had a pretty good season, and uh, last year was on the Cowboys to start the year. Got hurt in training camp, didn't play. Uh, so, you know, they're trying to see where he is, uh, where he's at right now. Uh, they invested, obviously, a lot of money in the offseason. There were some questions. They wanted Solomon Thomas to play inside. Uh, maybe this says he's more of an outside guy and you can, you know, bring in another defensive tackle and let Solomon Thomas play outside. I don't know how, how it's going to play out. And again, he's not signed yet. So we'll have to wait and see if uh, maybe other teams are interested. But um, at least some interest there, mutual interest uh, between Joe McCoy and the Raiders. Pretty good character guy, from what I know, too. You know, would be would be a good guy. Yeah, he has to play. Yeah, he has to be able to be in the rotation. But you don't have to worry about anything like this. They're not rolling the dice on a clown. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of positives. Now, can he still play? Thirty three, coming off a really bad injury, cost him a whole season. Uh, there's a lot of questions, but. At his best, he's one of the best in the league. He was awesome. One of the players of the decade at that position. Yeah. Uh, conference realignment rumors. It's funny. One of the other media members this morning was asking, like, hey, how do you think this is all going to shake out? I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, it doesn't – I'm not feeling real confident that uh, Mountain West leadership is getting involved in what the hell's going on, but maybe they're keeping it quiet. Maybe they're keeping it quiet. Yeah. Bi- You're laughing. <laughs> Biggest rumors right now? Because, I mean, I, I – I swear I saw uh, like a Miami Hurricanes insider site was saying, uh, you know, if all, you know, if all the stuff changes, you know, don't be surprised. Miami to the Big Ten. What? Really? Big Ten's expanding. We talked about Kansas wanting to get the potentially wanting to get the hell out and make a move now that and that's out of the Big Twelve. Now that Texas and Oklahoma have made their move, and, and Kansas is in an interesting position because they offer a you know powerhouse basketball program, men's basketball program, but you know a lot of people think that it's devalued because it's not football, and their football program just turned the page, and they brought in a new coach, and their football programs had been down because for a while. I think it's important to say in this, yeah. like, the reason they're being proactive yeah. is because this happened before. Right. There was a big shakeup, a big realignment that was going to happen. Yeah. It kind of fell apart. That was Oklahoma and Texas, potentially the Pac-12. Right, but that was going to happen. And in the shuffle, as everybody, as all the rats scurried for right. for, for the safe land. Their piece of cheese. Kansas was like, what about us? Yeah. And they were going to go to the Mountain West. They could have been in the Mountain West, Kansas. They were going to be left out of, of the major conferences because football is what matters. That's they're not, what, that's what they're matters. not making that mistake again. That, that may be the ultimate destination, but they're not making the mistake of waiting. There's a ton of money behind that behind that basketball program, and they've actually put a lot of money into the football program. So now the latest rumors again are Kansas is uh, making a hard drive to pitch the Big Ten. Let's let's be clear. I said this. I seem like you disagree with me. 
the Big 12 is not a power conference. It's not a legitimate conference anymore. The Big 12 is done. Well, I still think if the Big 12 was driving the bus and selected, well, what do they have now? The, the rumors today are they're trying to get Monroe and Lafayette. Well, that that that's shocking. That's insane. No, I thought they were, they could be in the driver's seat and try to pluck Houston, you know, Cincinnati, three, three teams from the Mountain West and four teams from the AAC or whatever reverse. I don't even know how many teams they have now. What are they, eight? Right? So to get back to 16, if they if they just wanted – not back to 16. If they just wanted to be hyper-aggressive and jump to 16, you could. there's eight schools out there. Now they would be a four-time zone. That's another thing. They'd be a four-time zone conference with that idea. But right now, I, again, I'm not, I'm not going to speak to anything because I don't – this stuff is so secretive. I feel like the stuff that comes out – might not be that accurate. I think the stuff that comes out is done. Really? Yeah. Like when when Oklahoma and Texas stuff came up last week, go to the SEC, people were like, this is something to watch down the road. And I was like, no, they're in the SEC. Yeah, but the, you understand that they were talking for six months and it didn't get out. There was a shock. Sure, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. It when it gets out, it's done. Oh, I think now now this has become a – it doesn't matter. We're going we're gonna to argue over whether it's, it's, it's also it's leaks from the, It's leaks from the schools. It's in Kansas's best interest to make people think the Big Ten's interested in them. Yeah. So that came from Kansas. Yeah. And what do you think? You still think there's – it's, a, it's, I a, still it's think, a stupid idea for the Big Ten? Well, I've thought for a long time, I think you've thought – most people have thought, eventually we're going to have 64 teams in four conferences. Right. I was hoping, I, I've, I've thought that there would be wishful thinking that there would be – 16 uh, team conferences, there'll be five of them. There'll be 80 teams okay. in the mix, but it might might only be 64. Well, I've thought 64, right? and that everybody else would then be essentially what Division Two is now. Right. And you'd have a Division One that's 64 schools, four big conferences, and then move forward. Now, with what the SEC has done, I've amended that to say, I think the SEC's plan is get everyone and have 20 or 24, right? and their Division One and everyone else in the country. UCLA, USC, all UNLV, all the Kansas, all these schools are Division Two. And and if you if people want to say, well, I, they still have fan bases, they do, but it'll, they'll be watching Division Two. They won't be watching what is considered the top of the top anymore. Which maybe that's good. Maybe you can say the SEC plays for their title, everybody else plays for their title, and there's a lot of people that are interested in that. But I do think the SEC's plan is to say we're doing it ourselves. But now it looks like Big Ten, Pac-12 are going to step up and be like, oh no no. They are kicking in. We're going to be part of this. Because there, there was the other conversation that the Pac-12. Well, there was there was an early idea last week that the Big Ten and Pac-12 would link up with a lot of you know hyper aggressive crossover scheduling, not to join forces, but you know strengthen numbers that way, and then that would be attractive to TV folks. And now we're hearing, well, the Big Twelve is talking to the the Pac-12. Right. You think the Big Twelve is just going to Big Twelve's done? It's I mean, just, like, like, just going like, to explode. I think they're going to try to play. People keep saying like, I don't know, the Big Twelve. The Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, they can get they can get Houston, Cincinnati. Like those are not power conference schools, though. Nah. And like, yes, they've been good, but th- that's not the same. You're not still as relevant. You're just the AAC with Kansas in it, right? Like, that's, that's not what worth you are. whatever their payout is per school, right? If their payouts at you know twenty seven or thirty million dollars, TV folks are like, wait, this is not the this scraps. Is not what we, this is not what we paid for because you're also hearing numbers like half the value of the overall Big Twelve deal was Oklahoma and Texas, yeah. so half the value is gone now. And you're going to say the scrap, and sorry, Kansas fans, I know your basketball team's good, but it's, it's about football. The scraps of the Big 12 with Houston, Cincinnati, Tulsa, Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana, Monroe. Like, yeah, that's when a I started, power you know, conference. The funny thing is I started looking at the rest of the AAC, and I'm like, there's five teams. And there yeah. might be some teams that rise up every, one, every once in a while in football, but 
yeah, when when Lafayette and Tulsa are some of the options. Well, and as a as someone who covers the Mountain West, if you live in the Mountain West time zone, you're like, wait, somehow those schools could actually join up with the the Big Twelve. How is that happening? But I guess your case is, who cares? The Big Twelve is they're done. So what? It's just yeah. going to be another mid major conference. And, and believe me, Kansas sees that. Yeah, we saw the ad last week, right? I mean, I don't know if you guys talked about did. this. We didn't talk about it. I, I tweeted it, it yeah. but like Kansas put out essentially a poster. Saying, look how great Lawrence is. It, it was, well, but what it was, was the a pitch? LinkedIn. Well, what, what did I tell you? This was the pitch from our buddy Petro. What was the whole, the, the crux of the Kansas pitch was? Kansas City Market. Kansas City. And and, the, and one of the things was, we're opening a new airport terminal in 2023. Like, what? That's your pitch? Uh-huh. That's what we're going to rely on right now? And it was essentially, it was a, a Craigslist ad of, misconnections or of like hey don't forget about us we're still here somebody wants us in their conference no no they don't well i started ranting and raving yesterday about this state and that reno and unlv like it you someone's gotta and they might be doing it but you know out front it seems like someone's got to be moving to make sure that our state is in the mix here and i i thought it should be a couple of nevada politicians who should take up the cause justin watkins espn las vegas legal insider was a public servant for a couple of years in the state assembly. We'll get his take on that. Coming up next, ESPN Las Vegas legal analyst Justin Watkins joins Cofield and Company in studio to break down the biggest legal stories in the world of sports. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. Company. All right, rolling on here on a Wednesday. Justin Watkins, flying without a parachute. I never sent you our list today. That's all right. Let's That's do right. it. But I, I did kind of preview <laughs> on what we're going to hit today, and uh, there's some crazy stuff going on. Your beard's looking good. Both of you got beards going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what happens though? I I can't. I got to get lessons, man. I don't know. I don't know how to trim the thing. Uh, I'm getting like I get like the Martin Van Buren chops that just like grow out of control. So it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, and yet you uh, you have a power beard. So uh, mine grows straight though. Mine goes straight down. Yours yours nah, comes out very bushy and curly. Yeah, yeah. It's like pubes on the face. It's real attractive. <laughs> uh, we were just talking about conference realignment, and there's a lot of money at stake here. And you know, one of the things that's has stuck in my craw forever is I. Most of it's based on history, but I don't understand why, you know, Ames, Iowa, and Manhattan, Kansas, and Starkville, Mississippi. Um, are somehow those cities and their schools are somehow part of this super lucrative college sports mix, but Reno and Vegas aren't. Now, again, it's it's historical, but now that things have changed, it's like, hey, we want a piece of the pie. The state needs a piece of the pie. There's, you know, big budget concerns in college athletics. Do you think that a politician or two should step up and go, hey, what's going on here? Like, who, who could be the leader if it's not from the schools or the conference? No, I mean, I think there's certainly a space for somebody to take the reins. Now, to be fair, we do have elected leaders of, you know, Enchi that the regents are voted on by the people. Now, who do they know who they're voting for? Probably not most of the time. But in reality, they are voting for the people who are supposed to be in charge of making these types of decisions. Um, and so they do have their elected leader they can communicate with if they have something they want to say about the the issue now practically speaking 
<laughs> would I do I think uh, the elected leaders that we put into Carson City are maybe in a better position than maybe than the regents? In some cases, yes. In some cases, no. To be fair, you know, not everybody who goes to Carson City's do I want <laughs> negotiating on behalf of our universities on conference realignment. Not everybody who's a regent all the time am I comfortable with making those decisions either. Um, I think that there are some super smart people in Carson City, and I think there's some decent people in the regions that could get their heads how about, together. How about higher than that? What do you want? The governor? Senator. Yeah. Senator Roger Marshall in Kansas writes a letter to the Department of Justice requesting that they, quote, investigate ESPN's role in the potential destruction of the Big 12 Conference. I don't care if this is a dog and pony show. I, I mean, I, I, that's stupid, right? But who right. cares? Right. Because it's not, not? it's not, if, if you're out there saying, why is a senator getting involved in sports? Yeah. He's not. He's getting involved in the fact that our state university could be left out after we just built this insane stadium that we paid for and not be getting a piece of college athletics money. Well, and to be fair, though, if that claim is proven up, it's a federal claim. It's interstate. So I, I think it's properly to be addressed by your federal delegation. Um, so there is that. I mean, from the overall management of a university, that is your local regents who you elect. Um, and the money and budgetary concerns associated with it, that's Carson City. That's your assembly members and your senators. And that's the governor that you elect. So we do have people in place for that. The issue in regards to ESPN and the Big 12 is a whole nother legal issue. And like I said, I, I believe it would be a federal claim. All right. Governor Sisolak, let's go. <laughs> big sports guy. You get, he you is help, a big sports you, guy. He helped get the stadium built. Yep. This is this isn't this is a the, big concern. The problem is he's going to be like, we need UNLV and Reno to get in, like no no we need UNLV in the Pac-12. Reno can go play in Division three. So I mean, before UNLV would get consideration for the Pac-12, it'd have to get to what at least sixteen, probably more. It has to be it's five, be it has to be five conferences and sixteen teams. If it's four of sixteen, then lot, just, lots of schools are screwed. I just don't think UNLV is going to make the sixteen. I think they either. I think they want it. They can't make a the, top eighty. I think they want it for the stadium. The Pac-12? Yeah. For what stadium? Allegiance. The, an empty UNLV stadium? Allegiance. Come on. That, they got no, that doesn't benefit can, the Pac-12 yeah, in We can way. block them from playing their championship games here <laughs> if, if they don't invite UNLV. That is the worst economic no. decision we can make. No, it will get us in. No, I, I, I think the stadium I is good enough and the that. market is good enough that they'd be like, okay, fine, we'll take it. If there was a re- market if, is good enough, yes. they don't watch any sports here. If for there was a, if there no, was they a, want they want to play their championship games in Vegas. They want to play all of their championships. They championship. do. Right, but they don't, not anymore. Oh, please. Not if UNLV is not it. That's what, that's what we need the government we involved for. I do not think we have that leverage. I oh, yeah. I do not think we yeah. have Why don't that we, leverage. We, why we built we, the stadium. Stadium authority can say, okay, nobody's using this thing for the Pac-12 like if UNLV is not it. Okay. Yes, spite so, move. So <laughs> – we only use it for what two games, a bowl game, and potentially the championship. Oh, uh, they're, they're playing neutral site games here too. They, they, but they don't have to. They, they want to. They want to, but I don't. Yeah. To, not to the extent that they would have to oh, share yeah. money with oh, you a want revenue this? losing. It's twenty million dollars a year they give to these schools in the Pac-12 right now, and when they re-up, it's going to be more like forty million. You want this market? And that that much? You know, me is a lost generator. Or, you know, is a, a loser. Revenue not if we're in the Pac-12. Yes, they are. They no. don't have anybody that goes to the game. Not if we're in the Pac-12. Not basketball or football anymore. Oh. Come on. Relax. First, but first of all. The, the future's bright. First of all. Not 40 million. It is. First of all, if, if UNLV was in the Pac-12, 
the the matchups alone would generate attendance for sure. Think what happened when Arizona was here. When Arizona came here to play UNLV, it was insane. It would be like that all the time. It would be <laughs> oh it would be crazy you're, for yeah, sure. You're so you're no. You know what's great here? UCLA, my, USC, all those games would be massive here. I don't. I totally disagree. My original argument, by the way, when I mentioned Ames, Iowa, Manhattan, Kansas, I didn't mention Corvallis. How about we reshuffle the whole thing? You're out. Yeah. What are you talking about? We sell out the stadium. You're out. We sell out the stadium. Oh, every no one day. gives a rat. Well, actually, football's pretty decent out at Oregon State. What are you talking way. about basketball? We just we just made this, the Elite Eight. We almost made the Final yeah, it's, Four. It's what are we one, talking one, about? It's a one. It's a one time. It's a one off. It's a one off. It's a, it's a, one off. a one off. Let's, let's, we'll, we'll, baseball. We're winning national championships. What are we talking about? Because here? you get Pac-12 money. Think what UNLV would do we with that. We started the Pac-8. We're the original members. I do, I do love you, how you schools are, like Oregon State and Kansas State just ignore the fact that they get all this money. You're like, and what a disadvantage it is for the group of five. You're like Vanderbilt. You're like Vanderbilt. Except, SEC. Except SEC. Like you've never done anything. We've won national championships. I'm saying Vanderbilt hasn't. Okay. And you're the you're the Vanderbilt of the Pac-12. Well, and well, to be good fair, school. To be fair, when the Pac-8 started, Oregon State basketball was one of the all-time winningest programs. Sure. They, they uh, when there was peach baskets. Yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> Hey, uh, whose side are you on? We started it. We started it. We were Justin. I'm glad Justin's out of legislature. He wouldn't yeah. fight for UNOV at all. I know that was that was my follow up <laughs> question. Would you fight this fight? You wouldn't have the heart to do it. I'd be totally conflicted. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'll fight for you guys to get it. You know, we're your constituents. We're, we're your constituents. But, fight for us. We don't need a politician. Won't lie. Get oh, out of here. I that's would what, love. That's it. why you're out. I would love it if UNOV was in the Pac-18. Because then Oregon State would be here more often. I can go to games. And great. I, and it, would, it would be good for the school. I don't think it would be great for the conference. And I, I just – what I'm saying is if we're going to go to a super conference, if the Pac-12 is going to expand, you, it's going to have to be more than 16 for UNLV to be on the list. Not worried. we got to be one of the next four. I don't think so. By the way, where's this where coming from all of a sudden? He's where, where do UNLV where at? He's like, where he swears him off. He's always – where is uh, Michigan all the time? <laughs> Got two, got two not today. He's got the hat on. He's when it comes to when it comes to my school that I attended, improving improving its status, it's we. There you go. When UNLV plays Michigan this year, we'll see. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. I forgot about <laughs> that. That's right. Yeah, got big a basketball. Game. Got big a basketball game. matchup. Uh, we got to take a break here. Uh, on the way back, we do have to get into some potential lawsuits at uh, Adams Dog Park. <laughs> Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts. Only on Cofield and Company. Guys, I've heard back of the break, we were all working the metric system a little bit. So we were just talking about Olympic... Women's wrestling, so I'm disappointed to, to find out that I'm 108 kilogram, I think, around there, 107. Ooh, that, that's big. Triple digits in the KG. I know. That's big. <laughs> and I was like, man, I like that stone measurement. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know what I'd be, maybe like 13 stone? Eight stone. I will say, off, not small. I know. off air, I worked through the map of who I thought the next teams would be in the Pac-12, and uh, I'll concede I think I'm wrong. I think they would be in the next four. Yes. You did, didn't you do like a, it was like a Pac-24, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 but but I do think that they, I think UNLV and U, UNR would be in UNR's before. Out. But for, <laughs> hold on, all that yelling just for nothing? Now we're just like, ah, oh, we're good. 
Does that happen in court? Oh, I mean, you have like a whole case, and at the end, you're like, yeah, you know what? Uh, you're right. I'm not. I, I'm not <laughs> going to do that. I'm not going to say that hasn't happened. I'm not going to say it hasn't happened. You know what? Because you're going to lose credibility if they make the right point and you like look it up and you're like, oh, you know what? But I'm, I still think that they're not the they're not next in. They're not the next two in. But if it went to 16, they're probably there. You know, I think I think they're a big enough market. They're it, the Pac-12 looks weird not having any Nevada and working its way all the way around. <laughs> I, I agree with Adam that the the this, stadium matters. This market, this city is hot as a pistol when it comes to sports, and I think uh, that is the one you know, one of the things that could lift up UNLV. But it's it's you know if they they only do four mega conferences, sixteen teams, then you know then they're they're in trouble. Hold on. The bottom line is that we're, we're saying I'm right. That's. That's what's happening. If we go to 16, I think you're right. <laughs> There's five no, conferences of 16. If it's funny. only 64 teams, then I'll take it. And lots of lots of schools are in trouble. Sure. So speaking of trouble, how dangerous is this dog park you go to? I try not to go. You're you. Is you this by our house? Uh, no. Okay. No. There's a, there's there's a whole dog park culture out there that I don't know if people know about. I don't. Explain uh, this. It, it's a, like it's. Got a lot of people there. Listen, I've got to be careful. <laughs> what are they going to pull a gun on you? Possible. I mean, it's happened multiple times. Not on me. There's been multiple firearms brandished at the dog park. Over the dogs. Not the so high. No. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. come on. That's so there's lily white so high. <laughs> there's a park that's not a dog park directly across the street from me. By the fire station. Oh, no. no, no. Oh, no. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Too. Down yeah, down the way yeah. a little bit. And it's not supposed to have dogs off leash, but there is there's like a daily meeting. Everybody gets there before 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock. And there's just a, like six or seven dogs all off leash. They all go crazy. They all have fun. I've seen them. Yeah. But there was at one point a Karen who recorded this and went crazy about it <laughs> awesome. and, and said, you know, basically, look what's happening. And they posted it online and the Karen got completely smashed. Like everybody Good. knocked her down. Like, Good. stop this. You, they're not hurting anybody. They are all gone by seven o'clock. There's no kids around. Leave, leave them alone. So there's a dog park that is if you'd cross... I'll just identify. It's it's like Gillespie and Silverado Ranch. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. That one yeah. got a bit out of control. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You knew you should have known going in there. So it's a every, Wild West over there. So now everyone has, <laughs> has moved on to Warm Springs and Eastern, okay. which is a hall. Yeah. But it's also, it's utter chaos there. Yeah. It's just, it's insane. There's so many people. You're right next to Sunset Park. So many dogs. It's it's just it's a madhouse. So why why are people getting mad? Are dogs attacking each other? Dog, yeah, people don't like how dogs interact with each other. Like they're dogs. Like I don't know what you want them to do. They're, I mean, sorry, dogs do weird things, and you can't really control them all the time. That's why it's a dog park. The dogs are supposed to do their own thing. The people are not supposed to be fighting <laughs> with each other. But it happens. And then I had a, I, I referenced it to Steve the other day. I had a moment. My dogs were there. My mom took my dogs there, and I happened to be out driving around. I was like, oh, they're at the dog park. Cool. I'm going to stop by. And then there was, like, a whole controversy because I showed up at the dog park with, without dogs. Oh. Like, what's this weird person doing? I'm like, I have dogs that are here already, and they were trying to, like, banish me. from Like, okay, my dog's already here. Like, I'm not just showing up to the dog park without dogs, but apparently that happens. Apparently there's guns pulled regularly at this place. Um, I think I told the story that my dog got attacked uh, and you said some lady hit it, right? Yeah, yeah, hit her and knocked the wind out of her. She was like unconscious. Your dog was. Yeah. So you can sue for that, you know? Well, uh, no, because there was a riot. And these people are never going to be seen again. So those people are banned. <laughs> but you also you you accrued some hospital bills. 
Oh, yeah. Pills. Oh, yeah. Well, let's go. Yeah, a a lot, by the way. A lot. Well, there's a limitation on what you can recover under statute. It's five grand. Okay. But (laughs) right around. (laughs) Yep. But you could do it. You can sue the person. You can sue. I can't find them, though. You gotta, you gotta follow people out the parking lot, snap photos of license plates, something. I was too worried about the dog, like almost, like appearing to be dead. Like that was the bigger issue. Yeah. And those people got chased out, so they're never gonna be at the dog park again. So they won't be seen. But I guess we should have identified them. Yeah. In order to track them down, it was just, it was more of a scary moment. Why are you going to so many dog parks? I don't. Uh, why is that your cult? You know, it's I'm, not my culture. Yeah. You clearly you're going to it's the not dog my. It's, see- not, it's not my culture. I just, we have plenty of little green areas around our neighborhoods. Just walk through the green belt. My dogs enjoy just being around the people at the dog park. They're weird. They're very okay. weird dogs. They like to just do circles. They don't really run around. <clears throat> they explore and then see people. It's a whole thing. Yeah, so you're really into the dog park culture. That's I'm not. All. Yeah, you are. You, you, you're way in. No, he, it's not him. Well, I think I've it is him, maybe but he's, been he's putting blame times. on another family member. I've maybe been three times. <laughs> I don't go to the dog park. It's not my. It's not. It's, it's not scary. my. Scene. I don't like going to the dog it's park. It's horrifying. Yeah. But why? <laughs> what is going? Why are people doing this? Well, and on top of it, like you don't know what kind of control people have over their dogs, and sometimes it seems like not much. Yeah. And and it, people, humans are in danger. It's by the way, I think people should just let their dogs go into the park and just get out. But what if the dog starts tearing up another dog? That's what they're there for. No, they're dogs. No, no, they do no, dog things. They're there for. No, they do talking? dog things. By the way, this is a guy who has like two tiny dogs who probably will get. Oh, oh no, 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 no. They're separate, separate areas. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. There's like small, dog. medium, large dog sections. Well, yeah, but what, what happens? Very discriminatory. Fall. Yeah. What if they don't follow those rules? They're like, yeah, okay. mine's a big dog, but it acts like a little dog. So I'm putting them in the little one. You know, every time I've been to the dog park, I've heard that from somebody. I know. Every single time. No. Put your dog in the right area and just let let nature take its course. I've been. I like that. I've literally been to the dog park twice, and both times I was like, "I'm never coming back here again." It's a horrifying it's, it's place. Terrible. It's <laughs> awful to be there. I hate every aspect of it. I don't like the people. I don't like the conversation. I don't like the dogs. I just, I just want to be. I don't even want to. No. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm not a dog person. <laughs> I, I, so I don't. I barely am accepting of my own dog. <laughs> I certainly am not accepting of other people's dogs. I'm I'm with you. It's it, I mean I feel like it's first of all there should be law enforcement presence. Right. <laughs> like every we have day. to staff these dog parks yes. with yes. metro. Yes, I think Great. so. Take away the ones that are at the high schools. Like my high school had all this metro presence and we didn't need all that. No. We'll figure it all the out. Dog park needs the dog it. Yeah, park. dog park yes. needs it. Yes. It's it's horrifying. Uh, there's been a at least a confrontation. Not always escalating to violence or guns. Oh yeah, verbal Every single yeah. time I've been, there's been some sort of confrontation. Yes. It's crazy. It's in, yeah. We need to look into this. Get back in, get back in the legislature. Maybe this could be a specialty. <laughs> Figure you want out to start putting ads this. up at the dog parks? Well, there was an attempt. Like to, a little league field? There was an attempt to like increase damages you can get on violence against your dog, either by other dogs or by a person, to like uncap it. Mm. But uh, it, was, it was defeated in the legislature. Uh, I Don't quote me on this, but I, I believe by... You know, kind of the the vets were concerned that they would get sued if they messed up on a dog. Mm. When it, that wasn't the intent. The right. intent was when somebody tries to harm your dog. You know, somebody throws something over the fence to hurt your dog, <laughs> that you could sue them. You know what I'm saying? I Poison don't. pills. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Poison I don't. Pills. We have a little don't yapper. We have ideas. little yappers next door. I would never think of doing that. That's cool. <laughs>
You, you dog people are crazy, man. For sure. Agreed. I agree. Completely crazy. All right, Justin. We uh, we wrap it up. Not a lot of legal stuff today, but it was good. Watching good dog park legal. Why? It, it was. Yeah, there was some good stuff in there. Uh, 5709000 is the number for Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Four o'clock hour is on the way. We're going to talk to Caleb Herring in about 20 minutes about the uh, latest with the UNLV quarterback decision.